Hey guys, Lisa Shore of the West Coast Ballers coming at you another episode today. And on today's episode, I had on a very special guest. His name is Mark Ribeiro. He's one of my former teammates at Antelope Valley College, and now he's currently at Bakersfield College. Uh, he's someone that uh, during our time together at ABC, we both kind of agreed on with each other with a lot of things. So, you know, it was a pleasure to have him back on to talk about baseball because, you know, we see eye to eye on a lot of things. And, you know, it was great to get his perspective about his journey, um, you know, about his transition from, uh, you know, a small town to Juco ball, then from, you know, from one Juco to another, and then pretty much the experiences he's learned throughout his whole career. And some of the things that he said in this episode were really great because I think they could go a long way to help out a lot of younger players, you know, as far as like the mindset, you know, the way about going things. And, um, you know, he just has a really great work ethic and he said a lot of great things in this episode that I believe could really benefit any younger ball player out there. So with that being said, let's get right into the episode. Hey guys, Luis Osorio of the West Coast Ballers coming at you another episode today. And on today's episode, I have a very special guest. His name is Mark Ribeiro. He is uh, one of my former teammates at ABC. Now he's at Bakersfield College. And I'm right over the phone. Uh, Mark, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How about you, Luis? Uh, not too bad, man. Just uh, just getting ready for hopefully it, you know the fall. You know, <laughs> uh, Are you getting ready too, man? Yeah, right now, just getting ready for next season, just working, trying to stay in shape. Yep, I feel that, man. So uh, let's get into this interview. So uh, kind of a uh, question I like to start off all my guests is, uh, where did your baseball journey begin, man? You know, honestly, if I were to have to go back in time and remember uh, my first memory of playing baseball, I would have to say, you know, just playing t-ball in the city league. I don't remember much about it, but I remember I played. Okay. I remember, uh, you know, I my love for the game, I do remember starting when I was nine years old. It was a pretty vivid memory in my head that I could repeat. I played second base, someone hit a pop-up to me. You know, not many eight- or nine-year-olds. I wasn't that great, eight or nine, you know, pretty young. Mm-hmm. Caught my first pop fly, and mm-hmm. I'll always remember that feeling to this day and that's what made me want to play the game you know and to this day things haven't changed it just got better wow that's crazy man like how how you got so specific with that because uh you know this game creates a lot of memories like that that you could tell just like that like how you did right now describe it fully and remember you know where you were at and everything like that it's pretty cool that a sport like baseball or any sport in general could uh make uh everlasting memories like that you know what i mean Oh, yeah, man, and I, and baseball to me, it's like, it's more than just like a game. I think it creates a, like a lifestyle for people and gives baseball players, you know, their own personality because, you know, this, uh, baseball players have stereotypes, you know. Mm. Yeah. You can see someone in public and you can tell they play baseball or how they act, you can tell they play baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of gives us that little, uh, uh, advantage in our personality i think right yeah i get you man i mean some people though you can't really tell they play baseball like for example myself when i tell people i play baseball they're like nah, i didn't i didn't know that i thought you played like soccer or something but you know there are <laughs> you know i mean most of the look for typical baseball players though is like you know broad shoulders uh you know a little bit bigger guy you know what i mean that's usually what a baseball player looks like but nowadays i mean a lot of baseball players look a lot different too 
Yeah, but even getting to talking to you, you know, like when I first met you, I was like, oh yeah, this guy knows about the game. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah, but, like, off, off, like, just at first sight, a lot of people think I'm a soccer player, or, I don't know, they just don't think I'm a baseball player, and they're, like, so shocked, they're, like, what, you like baseball? I was, like, yeah, I, yeah, I love baseball, man, I play it all the time, I freaking talk about it all the time, I watch it all the time, it's, you know, what I do all the time, man, <laughs> it's pretty crazy, man, yeah, so, kind of going off of that, man, so, uh, was baseball the only sport you played growing up, or did you ever, you know, get into any other sports? Uh, in high school, um, <laughs> I had lost a bet with one of my friends my freshman year. Uh, he played water polo, and, you know, I, I never really wanted to give it a chance because, mm. you know, it didn't feel like wearing a Speedo and, oh. you know, this and that. But ended up losing the bet and had to go try out. I liked swimming as a kid, so... It was pretty fun to me. I played four years varsity uh, for my high school, mm-hmm. and then three years varsity baseball, and then those are the only sports I played. I played football as a kid, but I realized it'd be it's too high of injury risk. And I like baseball better. Mm. Who wouldn't? Okay. Um, I would have never guessed that water polo, huh? That's interesting. Uh, yeah, and the funny thing is, I uh, almost debated you know trying to pursue only water polo or baseball or maybe try to do both but i didn't get to do anything with water polo and i honestly to this day it's kind of unfortunate uh none of my steps were able to get put onto our website we didn't have like very reliable uh like scorekeepers and stuff so it was tough to you know go out there and perform and not have any calls or anything because like some of the school records were got broken and it was just tough you know oh wow so it was like a huge scandal at your school going on with that with like just not being able to keep score or what like uh so like the girls stats would get put onto max preps you know right but ours weren't because uh we didn't have someone who knew how to do it but the girls did that was just something that happened, and maybe it happened for a reason, so I could be playing ball. But that's pretty know, nice. I thought that I had a legitimate chance to do something with that as well. Oh wow, that's pretty nice. Is there like college teams for that as well, or how would you have gone about that if that that is what you wanted to pursue? Uh, yeah, there's certain uh, junior colleges, D ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming I would say D twos as well that. They have programs, but mostly on the West Coast. You go over to the East Coast, I don't think there's really anything. Like Stanford, UCLA, all the main like uh, mm. Pac-12 schools, you know, I'm pretty sure they all have a program. Okay, I get you. So it's just like real small. Okay, so you kind of fell in love with it, though, like doing that uh, while you were doing baseball as well, and it just kind of happened on accident, too. Yeah, and I think the base, like some of the baseball aspect helped water polo with like throwing and you know shoulder strength and then i go back out to baseball and the shoulder strength from swimming and endurance helped me a lot was it a spring sport as well or is it uh or is it different seasons like were you doing both of these at the same time or oh no i was uh water polo was in the fall okay baseball was in the spring okay gotcha okay that makes sense oh so then you just you would just do water polo in the fall and then go do baseball in the spring is that how it worked? Yeah, I would get about a week 
I'll get about a week off from water polo, and then boom, I'll start in baseball already. Gotcha. Okay. That's pretty interesting. Like I said, I would have never guessed you did that, man, to be honest. And I never knew that. <laughs> I never knew that. You never told me that. Really? That's, yeah. I, was, I thought you knew that. No, I didn't know that. I was so surprised. That's kind of why I kind of was intrigued by it and kept asking you questions about it because uh, that's pretty interesting. And I didn't know that. <laughs> All right. So. Yeah, no, it was, it was fun, though. That's cool, man. So kind of going off of that as well. Uh, so what was it like to grow up and, you know, play ball in a small town like Tulare? Because that's where you were born and raised, correct? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, that that question actually is pretty close to my heart because uh, growing up, you know, like I said, I wasn't the greatest player. I wasn't the uh, biggest kid. I'm pretty, you know, short for when I was small and uh you know it's like the coaches kids were out there and you know they got the best equipment and you know uh all the support they're playing on the same team with all their buddies that are also the coaches kids and you know like not favoritism but like you could just tell that if you weren't a part of their little group that it was going to be tough to, like, get recognition, mm. uh, like, growing up. And right. So they don't always put a chip on my shoulder, like, all the way up until I graduated high school. And the crazy thing is that chip on my shoulder began whenever I was, like, 11 years old. Mm. About 12 years old because uh, I had played my best year ever. You know, I was 12 years old, starting to mature a little bit. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I go out there and perform, and then they still uh, don't select me for the all-star team. Mm. And the kid that they still selected over me, I thought was questionable. He was, you know, one of those guys, a part of their group that played on their team. Mm. So I just told myself, you know, it doesn't really matter about the accolades. It just matters with, uh, you know, accomplishing the goal that I set for myself. Mm. So when I went into high school... Oh, I was only going to be 13 around the time, but I started setting goals for myself. Like, my, the first one, I want to hit over 300. Like, every year, that's my goal. I want to hit over 300 at least. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have that mindset of I want to do this, I want to do that. Like, because to me, focusing on personal stats is selfish, like, to a certain extent. You know, mm-hmm. like, for example say pitchers talk about their velocity like oh velo velo i throw 95 Mm. like that i don't think is you know very useful to the team but Mm. i always told myself if i want to push myself to hit 300 i'm helping the team because Mm -hmm. my average is higher you know right okay and it yeah to larry baseball it was it created a chip on my shoulder that i mean a lot of people probably don't have out here because it wasn't, it was competitive, but it, I don't think it, uh, set anyone off the way it set me off. Uh, like with how he, like how I felt compared to the rest of the kids. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone wanted to, uh, work as hard as you, those kids. Oh, uh, more than me. 
I get you. I get. I get. I kind of get what you're saying. Like, you know, nobody really had that same desire to get as good as you wanted to. Like, nobody had that desire to put in that extra work like you did. You know what I mean? Like, not not a whole lot of people around you were like that, and that just kind of fueled you even more. I'm assuming, or is that kind of like what you're trying to say? Or, or yeah, it almost like like in high school compared to you know this day, my work ethic is a lot different, mm-hmm. uh, better now, but. That was just a high school kid in me. Um, but it just set a fire under me to go out there and want to be, want to perform better than they, ex- like, would ever expect me to. Like, I would want to go out there and play. Like, I would f- want to play for the parents. Mm-hmm. And I would want to, like, put on a show, basically. Like, I would want to, that would be my mindset, like, in high school, you know. Like, I don't want to walk out there and the opposing team's player, uh, parents, like, watching me hit off their kid or, <laughs> you know, do something. Like, I'd want to, I had something to prove, I felt. Uh-huh. Okay. I like that. That's pretty cool. I mean, shoot, I mean, <laughs> it worked, man. It got you to the college level. I mean, it got it got you to where you're at now. I mean, I mean, whatever it takes, but that's an awesome mindset to have, like, just to want to put on a show, want to work hard, want to just freaking do your best i mean not a lot of people in high school are like really that dedicated about the sport or anything like that i feel like even back home here where you know it's a lot different than you know to larry where over here there's like there's like a lot of high schools that we we played against and that we you know all across the valley and stuff like that so you know we play a lot of different teams we see a lot of different teams and we saw some really good competition like some of the competition that i say i saw in high school it's pretty similar to what I've seen at AVC, or at times some of the players were even, even better. better, even better. Yeah, because some of those kids right now, they're either going to get drafted this upcoming draft or their potential draft prospects. It's oh, wow. it's it's insane, you know what I mean, when you see that. But, I mean, the fact that, you know, you used all of that, you know what I mean, like to push you, it's pretty... It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool, you know, especially seeing your success, too, on the field this year. Even though we weren't on the same team, it was still cool to see you uh, ball out, like, to be honest, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I, it was tough to, you know, be on the other side of you guys, you know, like, all you guys are my buddies. I, I, I did not want to leave. I liked the guys over there and just, you know, had a, the opportunity was better for me. No, dude, we don't, we don't, we don't hold anything against you, man. We, we totally respect your your decision. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your career, man. You're, you're the one that has to live with, you know, your decisions of your career and you know what ends up happening at the end of the day, man. We don't have any say in that, you know. It's your career, and honestly, uh, it was a great decision for you. I believe it was a it was a really good decision for you because I think it made you even better because you're around other guys that are. Uh, you know, pushing you to get better, and you're around a great program, the Bakersfield College program. You know, it's a great one from what everyone says. So, and I've saw it yeah, firsthand this year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's cool. So, kind of just going out of that. So, like, kind of, why did you decide to go to JUCO route? Like, uh, did was that the only option you had, or what? What kind of made you uh, kind of go the JUCO route? Uh, yeah, it was. It was really the only options I had was JUCO. I never really, I was never getting talked to by any schools. I tried to get my name out there, you know, YouTube videos and mm-hmm. just try to go to like camps and stuff. But I wasn't very, I didn't know the rights and wrongs of like 
some champs, you know, mm-hmm. they don't look at players really just just for the money and mm. you know I don't I didn't know some of these things at the time like you know big D one programs they're not going to look for someone of my size he doesn't you know I wasn't hitting home runs in high school like that and mm. uh yeah those are really my only options I I had a few choices for JUCOs to choose from but. Uh, I ended up tearing my meniscus summer of senior year to freshman year. Mm. So you probably remember seeing me rehab over there. Yeah, I do remember that, man. Uh, I actually thought you were a coach when I first met you, man. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. uh, Now that you say that, I remember uh, some of the players coming up to me at the beginning like, hey, coach, uh, this and that, and I'm like, I'm just hurt. I'm not a coach. <laughs> I'm probably one of those guys. I'm probably I'm guilty of probably being one of those guys. I don't remember, but I swear to God, I thought you were a coach. You and Tapia. I don't know if you remember Tapia. I mean, Tapia, I can see. But like, just the fact that he looked, just the fact that he looked older, not the fact that he looked like a baseball player. He didn't really look like a baseball player, but you know, he just had that look of like an older guy. So I was like, oh, he might be a coach. Okay, so you know, this guy is here as a coach too. But then, you know, slowly I ended up finding out that you were just hurting. You were, you were recovering. You know, but I mean, yeah, that was pretty crazy. I mean, how how bad was that injury when you know what happened? Like, was that probably the worst pain you ever had? Or, um. Honestly, I I don't think it was the worst pain I ever had. It was a partial tear, uh, so I was able to move around okay afterwards. But just because I was, you know, talking to a few schools, I had to get the repair done. Then, hmm. um, right before I had my surgery, one of the schools had backed out of their interest in me, so it was cut down from three to two, and then. It was between ABC or Cuesta, mm-hmm. and they had told me, uh, Holiday had told me that he would for sure let me be on the roster, uh, mm-hmm. like, and let me heal up and stuff, and mm-hmm. Cuesta said that it just depended how quickly I healed up, so, mm-hmm. you know, I just wanted to go somewhere where I for sure would have the opportunity to play, mm-hmm. so that's what pushed me out to uh, ABC my first year. Okay, I get you, man. And I mean, how how long did it take you to recover? I I remember I don't think you were like a hundred percent till like October, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. It was I was able to do everything in October except catch, but mm. then November I was able to do I was able to get down behind the plate. How did it feel like when you finally got back though? Like I'm I, I bet it must have been a great feeling like after doing all the rehab and everything like that. Oh uh, yeah, no, it felt great to like be able to go out there i almost felt like i was at a higher strength level than what i was at before Mm. like which is weird um it's probably because of all the physical therapy you went through you you went through cleared up some scar tissue inside of my knee as well like you said just like extra scar tissue that i had built up Mm. and i thought maybe but you know like right now my knee that i had surgery on feels better Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm okay so i got you man well, I mean, yeah, it's 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 hard to come back from injuries like that and then, like, throw yourself out there again and try to compete. I mean, you did it. You ended up competing for a spot, and, you know, you ended up playing this spring, so that was pretty cool. So kind of going off of that, uh, 
you kind of already answered that question because I had the question, how did you end up at ABC? So how, how would you describe your experience there? I mean, uh, you know, you played there for that shortened season and, you know, obviously a lot went on in that shortened season, even though, you know, uh, but we, you know, a lot of ha- a lot happened in that shortened season. Shortened season, even though you know it was cut really short. Like we didn't even get to play half the games that we we were supposed to. But you know we went through a whole fall and part of a spring. So, kind of describe your experience. Um, you know, ABC to me, I like I liked ABC. I it was my first. You know, I was a freshman going to play college ball out of town. I was excited to be out of town and meet new guys and, you know, showcase myself in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. And, well, I like the experience I got there. I like, I think it, even though uh, I had some issues with, um, you know, the way that things were ran out there, Mm -hmm. I just, I thought that it needed to happen because it opened my eyes up to what I shouldn't be exposed to. Mm, okay. Because then, like, from now on, like, to this point, anywhere I play, like, I just think that, because, like, to be honest, I felt like I left ABC worse of a player than I did when I first came in. Oh, wow. Just because, like, I had, I felt like I had to, especially with hitting, you know, pitching was different. Mm-hmm. I felt like pitching, I had a lot of help there, but. Hitting, I really was struggling to find myself, and it was the worst bad average I've had ever in my mm. life. Well, not in my life, but you know, since I remember mm. being able to do bad average. Right. Okay. And I mean, yeah. that has to do a lot with the fact that we didn't even have a hitting coach. Uh, our hitting coach, yeah. our quote-unquote hitting coach, was our pitching coach. So, <laughs> you know, you know how yeah. that goes. I mean, Holiday always try to help us out, but. He doesn't know anything about a swing like that, if we're being honest. I mean, I love the guy. I respect him a lot, but he doesn't know anything about a swing, man. Neither does Livermont. And Quidi's tried his best to help us out, too. But, you know, he was he was a pitcher, too. And, you know, we just didn't get much help for the hitters. The, the hitters, the ones that hit good that year, were guys that just had really good swings or had a really good understanding of their swing, like guys like Tyler Vargas or, uh, or Christian Garcia. Those guys... Those guys understand their swing, like they they know what adjustments needs to be made and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And yeah, I I just think felt like I needed to be put under like I just needed the guidance to move from a high school hitter to a college hitter. You know? Mm-hmm. I get that. And it, oh, and it's a huge difference because mm-hmm. like you realize like you realize the little things as a more elite hitter. You realize the little things matter. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's it's a whole different ball game at the at the higher levels. Guys throw harder, guys throw nastier stuff. Guys freaking mix up your timing. You know they do a bunch of leg kicks and stuff like that. You know guys try to do everything to distort your timing because that's what that's what pitching is. You know what I mean? You're trying to mess up the hitter's timing, and you as a hitter, you need to be on time to hit the ball. Otherwise, you won't be able to hit it. So it's just uh, it's just that back and forth. But it gets better and better as you get up through the higher levels. That's what I've seen as well. Yeah, no, I do agree with you. The battle gets uh, the battle gets tougher because you guys both, you know, as you get older and the, you play more and more, the competition gets better and better. And, mm. You know, the best some of the best pitchers are facing against the best hitters, mm-hmm. so you can only imagine how that's going to go. 
Yep, exactly, man. It could go either way, to be honest, at that point. When, you know, there's that much talent on the field, it can go either way. One guy, you know, you could get the strikeout, and then the next time the guy hits a bomb off of you or a double or a triple, whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's the same way with the big leagues. You see it all the time. The guy could look foolish one at bat, and then the next at bat just come up and hit a bomb. You know, it's just the way the game works sometimes. Yeah, it's it's tough too, but you know, like you said, that's the game. Yeah, got to bounce back, man. So, kind of just going off of that, like, how was your transition then from you know ABC to Bakersfield? Because I mean, it, it's two completely different programs. We kind of spoke on it a little bit right here, but I mean, how was that transition for you? Um. I I would say the transition going in it was really rough honestly mm. like the, going into the fall and you know participating in the fall I was struggling I went out there and I probably I played the worst defense I had played mm. uh, just like with my glove you know and I just was really like I told myself like okay. I really need to push myself right now to, like, if I want to play, I have to push myself harder than ever. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things where uh, over there, they tell you, like, if you want to work hard to be good, then work hard to be good. Mm -hmm. But if you want to, if you're okay with being okay and satisfied with just being an all right ball player, then you can just be an all right ball player. Mm. So it taught me a lot of self-motivation and maybe like dig deep to see what I really wanted with myself and how bad I really wanted it because I mean, honestly leaving ABC going to Bakersfield I felt like a real uh, detachment from my love for the game you know I just mm-hmm. I was getting I was worse than what I was I thought is this the end of me mm-hmm. you know I guess. And in the fall, I came back and didn't do me that great, so I thought the same thing, but I just had to dig deep, and they taught me that over there was that, you know, how bad you want to be good is how good you will be. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that'll de- definitely light a fire <laughs> in you to freaking, you know, get after it every single day, man. I mean... When you got coaches freaking lines, you know, telling you stuff like that, I mean, shoot, I'm even pumped now to go get some work in now. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, there's some things I probably couldn't say that got me motivated, but let's just say they played a huge part uh, in yeah. motivating me to uh, get better. That's awesome, man. I, I thought it helped me over there a lot as a, a person, too. You know, it's made me like a tougher person, mm. like... What was that like fall no like? Excuses. What What did you guys do in the fall, and what, what was like your guys' routine, practice, and stuff like that? Like, what did you guys what did, What did you guys' fall consist of? So, with like the COVID restrictions, uh, we would do like strength training outside uh, in the mornings. Hmm. Well, at first we did them in the afternoons, and then we changed it to mornings. But we ended up doing them outside. A lot of sprints, you know, agility and speed stuff, and you know, Bakersfield is pretty hot. Human. And, and yeah, in the fall, and we're out there. And as a catcher, it's not that it's not easy, or it doesn't make it any easier being a catcher. Mm. Um, so you know, I mean, that just played a, like a mentally tough role uh, by being hot. We practice and you know try to get in our 
just try to get our mechanics dialed in in the fall so that in the spring we could work on things like game-like situations so we don't have to mess with mechanics at the time. So it was all like technical stuff, a lot of uh, like like uh, walkthroughs, you know, hmm. a lot of meetings talking about things that we need to focus on during the season, a lot of things that we need to make sure we prioritize over other things. Hmm. Kind of just going over a game plan and everything like that. It, it was a lot. It was like a almost like a season plan. Like we, it was like preparation. Mm, okay, I get you. No, yeah, I mean uh, that probably has to do a lot with you guys' success. I mean, you guys had a plan. You guys were already kind of like talking about all these things. You guys knew exactly what was going on, and you guys were all familiar with one another too. I mean, I think that's a. It's another big factor that goes into your guys' success. I mean, on top of the talent you guys had. You guys were a talented team, too, to be honest. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, you guys got a fall and everything like that. Uh, did you guys get a, like, inner squad and get on the field and everything like that, too, or or not really because of the COVID restrictions? Uh, we got to do some inner squads towards the end of the fall, but at the beginning they were still trying to determine if we would be able to do it or not. We had no scrimmages in the fall, just all inner squads, so... I mean, those are pretty competitive because we did them uh, twice a week. So uh, those two days we get out there, we, you know, it was game time, you know. And mm. I think that was one thing that helped us. Well, actually, at the time, it helped us going into the season. And then we played more park, got shut out in th- like 32 straight innings, 35 straight innings. Mm-hmm didn't score any runs mm. but in the inner squads we we're out there putting up 10 runs eight runs all the time mm-hmm. so you know it was just confusing for us but it was something for us to be able to fall back on and be like okay like how are we able to do this in the inner squads against our pitching staff we should be able to do this against anyone's pitching staff Right, yeah, and your guys' pitching style was probably one of the best in the conference, too. I mean, you guys had a freaking guy that threw 94 to 96. <laughs> that, yeah, that kid, that kid's lights out. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, he, he definitely has the potential. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, man. So, kind of going off of that, I mean, what have so besides the stuff that you talked about, you know, like the work ethic and stuff like that. What else would you say you learned from your experience at playing Bakersfield this last season? I mean, you know, having a shortened season, having a weird fall. I know, you know, that it makes it a lot, uh, you know, a lot harder to answer this question. But what would you say, like, uh, you learned from this whole experience? I guess besides the stuff you already mentioned. Um. The, I think the most I learned playing at Bakersfield this year was just like uh, how important and like the ways of winning basically. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I learned the most. Mm-hmm. And like from being a catcher and being like really close with my head coach mm-hmm. uh, since being a catcher, I kind of went under his wing and just like watched what things that he did and like the way that he went about things because, you know, I want to be one of those guys where. I want to pay attention to what he has to say so that when the time comes, I already know what to do because he, like, I listened to what he had to say. Right. Okay. So, you know, I think it was just the aspect of winning and the things that it takes to win and, like, playing small ball, even though we're at a big level. Mm. Like, bunts, hit and runs. I never hit and ran so many times in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
all my teammates could vouch for this <laughs> and the hit and runs in practice weren't very pretty. Mm. <laughs> hey, but you got to work on them, man. You got to work on them. That's how you execute them in the game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was just one of those things is we had to do incorporate it into our hitting and I would have to run to the, we'd have to run to the fence if we didn't swing on a hit and run. And, oh my gosh, it was, I have like, I focus on my plate discipline as well. So when we go up there on the machine and the ball's three inches off the ground or, you know, way out, I'm like laying off of it and they're like, run to the fence, 340. Shit. Anyone can vouch for me on that. I probably had to do it more than anyone on the team. Wow. <laughs> As long as I can get in the game, though, <laughs> that's, that's all that matters. Yeah, that's true, man. That's crazy. And especially at your guys' field, too, like we talked about earlier before we got on the interview, uh, the ball doesn't travel that well there, at least like for a hitter. It, doesn't, it seems like if you hit the ball really good, it doesn't really go anywhere. You have to like hit the absolute crap out of the ball for it to go anywhere at your guys' field, especially like yeah, way up in the air. Way up in the air. You got to get a lot of backspin on the ball if you want to hit it high in the air, like for it to travel. But like we even talked about it, like as a team, we even had to adjust our game plan because of it. Because you know, like we didn't have guys on our team. We definitely had guys with capability to hit it out. Mm. Multiple guys, mm-hmm. and uh, but you know, we just weren't that team. We were more of a speed team, so we needed to hit the ball low, mm. hit line drives. And we had to adjust our whole entire game plan based off of that because the ball didn't travel. I get it, yeah. No, that definitely makes sense, man. And I mean, small ball wins games. I mean, if anybody's been watching the College World Series, I mean, those guys in, are, you know, get laying bunts down in key situations. And usually those runs, you know, end up scoring or at least gives the team an opportunity to get a guy up with the running scoring position or you know, hit and runs, you know, work out well, too. You can get a guy from first to third if you execute it perfectly. You know, those those are uh, crucial situations in a game that could demoralize a team on defense. I believe so. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. So, kind of going off of that, man, like, we just finished a 28-game season, uh, COVID-shortened season right now that started in April, which is way later than, you know, usual. So it was a weird season, nonetheless. And what I wanted to ask you was, how? What was your experience with this, uh, with this shortened season, with this COVID shortened season? Oh yeah, no, it was. You could for sure tell that something was off about the season. It was always like <laughs> we felt like we had our eyes, we had eyes on us at all times with the COVID restrictions. Hmm. You know, it was like sometimes we almost felt like we were focusing on what to do and what to not do with the COVID restrictions, like pre-game, like when we're walking into someone else's facility, Mm. whenever we should have been focused on the game, you know, certain things like that. Like, And I had a lot of guys, even me and you were saying, it felt like it was a fall season. Like Mm. I felt like at the beginning, I mean, at the end of the 28 games, I felt like we still needed to play a spring season. We got done, and I said, okay, now what? (laughs) Yeah, true. And, I mean, it didn't help that all the games were doubleheaders, too. I mean, shoot, man, long days at the field. And that took a toll, I think. Like, uh, since I always caught our nine-inning game, Mm. watching the seven-inning game, I always wanted to stay in it, you know, cheer Mm. on my teammates. But then 
it's mentally tiring to you know stay in a baseball game you know it's yeah it's not easy no, you gotta remember everything you know help your teammates out you're trying to you know help everyone out and then yep. the second game comes around and i told myself all right now i gotta refocus up and i think that right there is gonna help me as a baseball player for the future mm. because i told myself if i was able to do a double header and we were able to you know get through it and even though it's tough, we were able to get through it. The single game should be a lot, a lot easier. easier. That's like a war, I told them. Like, next year, it should just be one game, balls to the wall, boom, that's it. We yeah. don't have to really conserve our pitching. Mm. Like, this guy pitches one game instead of the second game. Right. Yeah, it was It was weird. I mean, uh, the game plan for the coaches had to change, you know, based off of performances for pitchers and you know, we had to adjust constantly, too, uh, in that aspect as well. And it was just, uh, it was long days, man. I mean, most of the days we left at, like, 7 in the morning or, you know, 8 in the morning. And we wouldn't get back till like, 8 at nine, eight at night, 9, 10. I think the latest we got back was 11. And that was when we went to San Jacinto uh, to, like, close to Hemet. That place was far. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty nuts, like, to experience that like it was pretty much you know double headers every single day and you know game day you were there all day no matter what you were gone all day and i mean oh, yeah, that was your day yeah exactly i mean what else are you gonna plan <laughs> you're gonna be at the field for like t- freaking 10 12 hours homework <laughs> yeah exactly and i mean it was weird too because we didn't have an infield outfield this year you know we're also used to you know oh, yeah. the infield outfield you know pre-game I think it's cool. I, I, I like infield outfield because, I mean, you know, it lets the infielders kind of show off, you know, their arms and show off, you know, how smooth they are and the outfielders too. Yeah. You know. It's just like batting practice. Mm, exactly. Exactly. It's like a feel-good kind of thing, you know what I mean, before the game. I like it. I've always liked it. I mean, I've never understood why we did it, but I just always liked it though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... All right, so kind of just going off of that, man. Uh, so what is – I know we kind of talked about this before you got on the call, but what is your plan for the upcoming fall now that the season just ended? You know, we're all on summer break right now. So what kind of is your plan moving forward now for this upcoming fall? Uh, this upcoming fall, I'm going to go back to Bakersfield hmm. uh, just because I have my COVID year back. I might as well just go out there. I, I think I could get the opportunity to play somewhere. I, I have confidence in myself. I had an okay season last year. I think I could do better. You know, I always want to try to improve. But, uh, yeah, no, Bakersfield is going to be my home for year two. Well, second athletic year, third year. Mm. Okay. I got you. Okay. So, kind of going off of that, I mean, uh, I don't really have any more questions. Just besides one question, that's the one I like to top off the interviews with. And that is... What's the biggest piece of advice you can offer to any aspiring ball player out there? To any young baseball player out there, I always say to always work hard, keep a tunnel vision, and focus on your own performance. Because a lot of guys tend to get caught up in, oh, this guy could do this instead of me, and this guy could do this instead of me. You have to know your own strengths, your own Mm. capabilities, and work on them. Your weaknesses, work on your weaknesses. Don't focus on nobody else. Focus on yourself. Mm. And then the, also the days when, you know, you don't want to do something, 
or you know you're tired and you want to stop doing what you're doing just think to yourself there's someone out there who may be working harder than you for the exact same position and if you quit because you don't feel like you want to do it anymore that person has already taken a step above wow yeah couldn't have said it any better i mean focus in on yourself honing your craft working on your strengths and also identifying your weaknesses not focusing on you know anybody else's because as a player you know you could get caught up in that as you know and i'm guilty of it as well and i'm pretty sure everyone you know else is guilty of it too like kind of comparing yourself to other players like wow this guy throws harder than i do or wow this guy has better pitch than i do or this guy has a better swing than me or this guy hits better you know what i mean like that that what you said right there is really great because uh you know you got to focus on yourself i mean that's the only way you're going to get success if you're too focused on everybody else and not yourself then you're just going to get lost and uh you're not going to be able to you know put full effort you'll find what you you'll find who you are you'll find you'll try to be someone who you want to be mm. like well like an example i wanted to say like before we finish this up you know i always think to myself we always see that picture of Jose Altuve stand next to Aaron Judge. Yeah. You know, they're almost a foot apart. Right. And Jose Altuve can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Aaron Judge can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Mm. But, like, you think that Jose Altuve and uh, Aaron Judge have the same workouts or have the same, you know, pre-game plan. Like, Aaron Judge should go out there and hit the ball out of the ballpark effortlessly. Mm. And Jose Altuve, you know, he's a small guy. He's got to go out there and, you know, he's got to do what he could do, mm. not what he wants to do. You know, right. everyone wants to hit a home run, but, you know, sometimes, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, I, I get I get what you're trying to get at. The whole preparation is a lot different for a lot of players, and if he were to try to do what Judge is trying to do, it, it, it wouldn't work out because that's, that's not his game. You know, everybody has a different game. That's kind of what you're trying to get yeah. at, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like I mean, Stanton's, Stanton's at bats compared to, per se, Mike Trout. Yeah. No, I mean, that's why everybody's different. Even pitchers, everything, everybody goes about it differently for, you know, pregame routines, and everyone's a different player. And the guys that are at the highest level of the highest levels is, you know, those guys know themselves better than anybody else. They're their freaking, they're their own coach. You know what I mean? They understand yeah. what they need to do to feel good for the game. They understand when they're not going good and that's why they can make those adjustments and that's why they're the best players on freaking in the world you know what i mean that's why they play at the highest level because they can make those adjustments right away yeah Yeah, and uh one more main thing i remembered right off the top of my head i uh like listening to big leaguers like the main thing that they have in common that they say makes a difference between an okay ball player and a great ball player and someone who, you know, could approach themselves or uh, hold themselves down on the next level is your self-confidence. He said, like, if you go up, you have to be confident in everything you do. Like, not necessarily cocky because mm. being cocky, you'd have to get the job done. Mm-hmm. You need to go up and have confidence that, like, okay, I'm going to go up and drive these guys in right now or mm. as a pitcher. I'm going to get this kid out right now for sure. Like, this is happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I trust myself. You know, a lot of trust in yourself, right. holding yourself accountable. Yep. Yeah, because if you don't trust yourself, if you don't if you don't believe in your abilities, then no one else will, man. 
We can all see yeah, it when a guy is scared. Confidence team, just believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Like even when it's a situation where it's hard, yeah. you gotta. And that's where preparation comes in too. You know, you gotta yeah. prepare for moments like that because people who don't prepare for moments like that, they tend to, you know, fall in the situation. But if you prepare, you because there have been times I told myself like something happened in a game, like a certain situation. I told myself. Oh, I remember going over this exactly two days ago. Like, mm. This is exactly what we need to do, you know? And I was ready for it. And right. In a certain situation, if I didn't remember it. Mm. Exactly. No, yeah, you couldn't have said it any better, man. Uh, I just want to take this time to thank you, man, for coming on to the show. Uh, taking time out of your day to do this, man. I, I think it was a really great interview. And I hope anybody that listen, that's listening to this can learn something from it. Learn something from your journey, your work ethic, the words you said, man. Uh it's really inspiring. So uh, keep doing your thing, man. And, you know, I hope nothing but the best for you this upcoming season and in the future, man. Luis, you too. I appreciate you having me on here. Of course, man. Anytime, man. So with that being said, guys, uh, this will be the end of the episode for today. And I'll see you guys in the next one. All right, guys, this marks the end of today's episode with Mark Ribeiro. Hope you guys really enjoyed this episode and you guys were able to learn something from it. Uh, you know, like I said, he said a lot of amazing things in this episode that I believe could go a long way in helping a lot of people with their mindset, identifying their strengths, and, you know, all things of that nature. I think it's really important to, you know, be able to do all the things that he said. You know, some of the great things that he said were identifying your strengths as a player. You know, you got to know yourself as a player. You got to know what you're really good at, and you got to also be able to identify what you're not so good at so you could work on those things and you know make yourself the best all-around player that you can become but also at the same time you can't try to become something you're not you know win the game you can't try to be a power pitcher if you're not a power pitcher can't be try to you can't try to be a power hitter if you're not a power hitter you know what i mean you have to stay within your your lane to uh you know have the success the success that you want that's not to say that you can't develop those skills that you really want but it takes a lot of time and effort uh you know to do so you know some people naturally have those talents and stuff like that you know it is what it is, you know, you have to just work harder and be better if you want to be at that level. That's just uh, what it takes at the, at the end of the day, you know, you have to do whatever it takes to, to get to that level that you want to, but that was a really great thing that he said, you know, just identifying your strengths and your weaknesses and working on that as you go along. And then on top of that, you know, he also talked about uh, the mindset of like, you know, being, uh, you know, competitive. And on top of that, he also mentioned, you know, his transition, you know, from the Juco's, you know, a lot of great things were said in this interview. So, like I said, I hope you guys really enjoyed it and you guys got really got something out of this. Uh, all I really ask from you guys at this time is to go ahead and share this to whoever you guys think this could benefit. And, you know, just keep sharing the stuff. And I'm going to try to put out as much content as I can. Uh, lately, I just haven't had a whole lot of people to bring on to the show, but... You know, I'll put out shows as I go along throughout the summer. You know, I'm training and stuff like that. Getting myself ready to see what, I'm, what my next step is. Uh, but with that being said, guys, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Day to day, I'ma do something before I fade away. Uh, fade away.